ഫിമക്കാമിൻ we are in that time of the year where our hearts and minds would be captured by the various events that are to take place and a mu'min a believer this is what his heart and mind is captured in the events that are to take place that are the special bounties from allah tbarak taala the special mercies of allah taala descend on certain occasions this is what occupies his heart and mind other things will come and go what is the business season will come and go what is some other seasons will come and go but his heart and mind is looking forward to the seasons of the special rahmat of allah taala the month of shaban from that time it was the 15th of shaban that had been the focus that the special maghfirat and the forgiveness of allah taala that descends then the mubarak month of ramadan and the unimaginable blessings and bounties of allah taala that descend and then from the time that the month of ramadan finished then it was the days of hajj that started from the first of shawwal the days of hajj commence and this is something now that is coming to its peak so a mu'min this is what his year is all about and it is very significant that a mu'min's year also finishes off on a high note in terms of ibadat that the ibadat of hajj and the ibadat of qurbani these two great ibadats take place in the last month of a mu'min's calendar and then the first month starts off also on a high note he barely has started off the first month and comes the 10th of muharram the day of ashura which is a very significant occasion in the calendar of the believers from the time of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam due to the the virtues that nabi sallallahu alaihi himself explained and mentioned so imamin look forward so looks forward to all this and this is what is highlighted on his calendar what is happening where in terms of who's kicking some ball somewhere and who's running around some field somewhere and whatever else all these things of no significance to him he just doesn't even know what came and what went his heart and mind is focused on reality not on superficial things on make believe things on things that are just there just to 
appease his heart and mind and keep him far away from Allah Ta'ala. So his heart and mind now in this time is reverted to these occasions that are facing us. So firstly, just to very briefly discuss the virtues of the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah, we are already almost on the eve of this Mubarak month. In the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once said to the Sahaba Ikram that there is no time when good deeds are more beloved to Allah Taala than the good deeds performed in these 10 days. Obviously, the month of Ramadan has its own significance. So, apart from that, any time in the year doesn't enjoy that virtue and that significance which the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah enjoy. The Sahaba were very amazed about this. We take it by the way, but the Sahaba were very eager to gain the maximum for Akhirat. As a result, they wanted to know how much. That there is no action that enjoys the virtue and significance than the action performed in these 10 days. No other action can match it. So they inquired from Rasulullah that you are saying that no action can match the reward and the merit of the action performed in these 10 days. Not even jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala because they understood this to be the highest ranking amal. That there was nothing that could surpass this. So does this also not match it? The Bishlam said not even that. They again asked the question because this was something that they just couldn't fathom. The jihad such a great amal where a person is going to give the ultimate sacrifice, he's going to lay down his life for Allah Ta'ala. Even that in other times can't match the reward of some amal performed in this time. For the second time, Nabi Islam says, Walal jihadu fi sabilillah. Then for the third time, they ask the same question. Nabi Islam says, Except that person who lives in the path of Allah Ta'ala with his life and all his belongings. Walam bishayin, And he doesn't come back with anything. Meaning he doesn't come back with his possessions, not even with his life. He's martyred. He can match the amal performed in these days. Now can we imagine what is being blessed, what is being showered down from Allah Ta'ala's side? Can we imagine a person saying that there's my shop, I'm selling it to you, or I'm lending it to you, whatever the case is, this premises. And this is a place where one month, forget one month, one week, you'll make a killing of the lifetime. The whole year's profits you'll earn in this one week. Want it or don't want it? Who, anybody on the walking on the surface of this earth will say, no, I don't want it. Keep it one week, two also doesn't matter. Everything above board, perfect, halal, risk. One week you run the shop, you'll earn more than what you're earning for the whole year elsewhere. A person will grab it with both hands. So how unfortunate then that these Mubarak moments come. One is sometimes you're not even conscious what came. You're not even conscious that what moment has come and gone. How much of prophets Allah Ta'ala is showering upon us? Or has opened the doors for us to take? And if we are not even conscious of it, or supposing we are conscious of it, and then we don't apply ourselves, that is one deprivation. Very severe deprivation. Worse than that is, that in these special moments also, we still don't take the care to avoid sin, to avoid the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, continues like this any other time, then this is a very, very sad state of affairs. 
This is something that we should be very deeply reflecting within ourselves. That such an opportunity comes and a person is still indifferent. It is like nothing happened. Nothing came, nothing went. This is a very sad state of affairs. This is a time when a person should be now really taking a U-turn towards Allah Ta'ala. Really coming back to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the one virtue in terms of the general amal. General action, any action. One tasbih a person decides in this time. That one tasbih is worth more than any action performed any other time of the year. And the special tasbih of this time that Nabi Islam himself thought is the tasbih of the third kalima. Nabi Islam himself he encouraged that excessively recite Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wa La Ilaha Illallah, Wallahu Akbar. Now this is something which is so simple, so easy. But to recite it with that fervor, to recite it with that true spirit. One is that that child in the maktab, he's also taught his kalimas. And he also recites it. And he recites it just as how some parrot will recite it too. But it starts off like that. If that child wasn't taught at that point in time, then he'll never know it. So it starts off like that. But now that life has moved on and a person is still reciting in that same very careless manner. No, now the time has come to recite from the depth of the heart. That with every recitation, with every subhanallah that is reciting, he is expressing the purity of Allah Ta'ala. Subhanallah. Allah Ta'ala is pure from every blemish, from every deficiency. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of us expressing his purity. If the whole world expresses the purity of Allah Ta'ala, this doesn't enhance his position in any way. And if everybody stops also, it doesn't decrease Allah Ta'ala's honor and dignity in any way. But by reciting Subhanallah, the effect of this will make us purified. By us reciting Subhanallah, we are gaining purity within ourselves. By reciting Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is the most, Allah Ta'ala is deserving of every praise. And every praise is only for Him. Whether we praise Him or not. Whether we declare that or not doesn't make any difference to the praise of Allah Ta'ala. But by praising Allah Ta'ala, to some extent we make ourselves praiseworthy in His court. Wala ilaha illallah. This declaration that there is none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala. Embedding this tawheed, this oneness of Allah Ta'ala in the depths of our heart. Allahu Akbar, Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. So Allah Ta'ala is the greatest, whether we say it or not. But by us repeating it, then the effect of this greatness will impact on our hearts. And we will then become detached from the baseless and futile things of this world that we have given our heart to. Our hearts will become attached to Allah Ta'ala. So now this is the time to recite these tasbihat. Now a person is driving, he's walking, he's busy with some things which doesn't require him to be saying something. Even at that time, every now and again, a few times at a time, he's reciting this tasbih from the depths of his heart and doing it with that fervor, doing it from deep down within himself, not just from the top of his tongue. And then see the difference that it brings to one's heart. Then see the peace and the serenity that comes within that heart. So this is a special tasbih that Nabi Islam taught for this Mubarak time. Then in our hadith, Nabi Islam says that this is such a precious time. 
that any fast in these first nine days of Zulhijjah, the tenth obviously is the day of Eid, so there is no fast on the tenth, it's not permissible to fast on the tenth, but any of the nine days, first nine days of Zulhijjah, each fast, the reward is equivalent to the fast of one year. One day's fast equivalent to the reward of one year's fasts. It's nafil, it's not farz, it's not wajib, it's nafil. But unfortunately, in our terminology, if something is nafil, it means you can leave it out. If something is mustahab, it means you must leave it out. If something is an adab, it's an etiquette, it means it doesn't matter if you leave it out. So then what gets left then? What is this all for then? What did Nabi ﷺ give the ummah all the virtues of these actions for? Something that is mustahab is not that it's to be left out. Mustahab comes from hub. Hub means love. Mustahab is something beloved to Allah wa ta'ala. So a person who is going to do that which is beloved to Allah ta'ala will become beloved. And nafil is like a person now eating. But one is if he eats dry bread and he has some little chutney roti with that, that too will fill his stomach. His life will carry on. But when a person is eating, he doesn't just want to suffice on one cause also. If he can, he wants to have several causes. And then with those several causes, he wants to have all the other side dishes as well. And all the salads and the pickles and everything must go along with it. Otherwise that meal is incomplete. And Allah forbid will even complain about it too, if it's not there. And if it's not to our taste, then that too will be a further complaint. Whereas Rasulullah regarding him in the hadith, it is mentioned, لا يذم ذواقن Nabi never ever complained about food. He never complained, not once. Yes, sometimes a person is not inclined to eat something. He doesn't want to eat it. Regarding Nabi Islam, it is mentioned, in Shahu, in Shahu, wa illam yashatarakahu, or kamakal. The Nabi Islam desired to eat it, he ate it, otherwise he left it. But never once complained ever about food. So we will want all the accessories, all, all the side dishes and everything, and then only that meal will be complete. But when it comes to deen, what is farz, must I'll do the farz. What is wajib, okay, fine. Besides that, it's nafil after all. So then we must stop eating all the side dishes as well. We must leave all the extras, leave all the desserts out, leave all the fancy things that we go about with. But that we can't do without. When it comes to deen, we can do without anything. We can do without everything but the bare minimum and that too we want the pat on our back for. So this is the message in this. That we should be exerting ourselves. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this extra rewards so that we'll take the maximum. So this fast also is nafil. It's not farz, it's not wajib. But nafil is not for the sake of leaving. Nafil is for the sake of trying to do. In the hadith, Nabi Wasallam says that Allah Ta'ala says, that a person does not get closer to me than that which I have made compulsory upon him. I have made compulsory upon him the faraiz. Nothing can bring him closer to me than the faraiz. But after having done the faraiz, together with that, وَمَا زَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أَحْبَبْتُهُ And then he exerts himself in nafil to the point that he becomes my beloved. Can we imagine the value of nafil? That this nafil then takes him from the level of passing to the level of a distinction. 
He did the farz, he passed. He got his 50% maybe, like in a normal exam situation. But he's not yet on a state of distinction. And everybody wants a distinction. He wants a A pass. So the A pass now requires that a person exerts himself in some nafil. To the extent he can, it's not compulsory what he can, how much he can. But at least in that nine days or one or two days, a person tries to fast. He can manage all, very good, all the better. But at least one or two nights, one or two days. And especially then the ninth of Zul Hijjah. The ninth of Zul Hijjah is the day of Arafah. And together with this virtue that has already been mentioned, this fast in the hadith Nabi Salaam says that it compensates for the minor sins of the past and the oncoming year. The year that is still coming also, this already becomes a compensation for the minor mistakes, errors, sins that a person will commit. What a great benefit. So a person should try to do that. Then comes the nights. Each night of these 10 nights of Zul Hijjah. What is the benefit of this? In the same hadith, Nabi Salaam says, a riwayat of Tirmizi Sharif, that every night is equal in reward. In other words, the ibadat of every night is equal in reward to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. An authentic narration of Tirmizi Sharif. That every day, the reward is equivalent, every fast is equivalent to the reward of one year's fasts. And every night of ibadat is equivalent to the reward of the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Subhanallah, can we imagine, it's like that season, it's like a person, if he's indifferent to this, it's like when December comes, he closes his shop. When December comes, he says, well, close the shop now. It's season time and he's now closing his shop, everybody says something is wrong with him. Here is also season time. There's also season. Season of akhirat. And this is where our hearts and minds should be. In terms of dunya, dunya will come. Whatever is decreed for a person cannot go anywhere else. If something is decreed for him, it must come to him. One person one day, he heard about this and used to keep hearing about it. And sometimes some people are very smart. So they always want to now you know, get to the logical deductions. So he said, this doesn't, every something that is meant for me, I will eat. It's up to me whether I want to eat it or not. If it's meant for me to come in my stomach and I don't want to eat it, how is it going to come in? So he decided to prove his point. So one day he came home. So his mother said to him that probably his mother was advising him about this all the time also. That dunya will come, whatever it is, you keep to your limits of deen. So he said, well, today you cook the food for who you cooked it. He said, for you. He said, well, I'm not going to eat it. Because you say, whatever is meant for me must come. It has to go in my stomach, it's for me. If this food is for me, I'm not going to eat it. And nobody's going to force me to eat it. So now the mother started pleading with him. So to just get out of the way, he went away. And while walking, he passed the qabristan. So he came and lay down in the qabristan. And he thought, well, time will pass. I'll finally go when I want to. Now the mother is worried. My son, after all, whatever it is, that he'll feel hungry. So rather, let's get the food to him. So she went looking for him. She came past the Qabristan. She sees he's fast asleep there. So she had this food wrapped up. She kept it next to him. And she went away. And he'll wake up, he'll see it, he'll eat. Now he fell in such a deep sleep, it became dark. After some time, some people with some sinister motives, they were coming to actually rob and steal. They were taking a shortcut through the Qabristan. 
Now, as they come, they see this very strange sight in a Qabristan. person is lying down fast asleep and there's a pot of food next to him. Never seen something like this in our life. Now, what normally happens is that when something is not what we generally expect it to be, immediately our mind starts running in a hundred different directions. We start making assumptions and jumping to conclusions and this ongoing daily story. Whereas sometimes those conclusions are badgumani. They are harboring ill thoughts of somebody else. Those ill thoughts we will be questioned on the day of Qiyamah to bring proof for. That where is the proof for this conclusion that you came to in your mind about so and so. And 99 out of 100 times we have nothing, no basis for that thought. Just our assumption. Just something that passed through our hearts and minds. So in any case now these people also, their minds started running wild. Says, what is this? You never seen something like this. This looks like a trap. They had some information that we are going to probably come through. So they left this fellow sleeping here and left this food. So we might eat the food. This food is definitely poisoned. So they said, well, if it is poison or it's not poison, we don't know. But the best thing is to try it on this fellow. So they woke him up. So he woke up. So they said, well, what are you doing here? He said, no, I just came to sit here, sleep here. He said, no, no, we don't believe that story. He says, well, you eat this food. Now he realized that this food is what he saw, the utensils, he realizes came from his mother. So now he's remembering what he said. So he said, no, I'm not going to eat. So they gave him a few tight shots. So now he realized that he'd rather eat, otherwise he's going to really collect now. So he quickly ate. So any case, when they saw he ate and nothing happened to him, they left him, they probably ate the food, they went away. Here they were gone. Eventually he came home. So when he came home, so his mother asked him, how's everything you ate? So he said, yes, I believe it now. So what you believe? He says, what is meant for you must come. If you don't eat it willingly, you'll catch it and it'll come. You'll have to eat it. It's up to you whether you take it without a hiding or take it with a hiding. So what is meant for a person in dunya can't go anywhere else. But it depends how he wants to take it. He wants to take it with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, he'll come with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And he decides to take it via the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, he'll come in that form. But in the first form, he'll come with barakat. He'll come in a way that it'll take him closer to Allah Ta'ala also. And otherwise, he'll become the source of his destruction. So in any case, this is this Mubarak time that has come. And this is a time to earn the Akhirat, to take the maximum of the Akhirat. Then, this is a time of Hajj. We are here, the Hujjaj are there. Perhaps some might still be going. But our hearts should be attached to this great ibadat. There's no hajj here. But wherever the hajj is, our heart should be attached to it. That is a mu'min. His heart is attached to ibadat. In the hadith, Nabi Wasallam speaks about the seven categories of people who will be under the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. But there will be no other shade besides the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala. And of those seven categories, one of the categories Nabi Salaam mentions, وَرَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ That person whose heart is attached to the masjid. That he is, he's obviously not going to stay 24 hours in the masjid. He's going to go home, he's going to go to his work, he's going to go for whatever his needs are. But a person whose heart is attached to the masjid, then this person also gets this great reward and this great honor that he will get a special place under the 
throne of Allah and the shade of the throne of Allah when people will be drowning in their perspiration. Now this is just having his heart attached to the masjid. This is a mu'min's heart. His heart is not attached to dunya. He earns the dunya. And his, the dunya will be in his hands, in his pocket, in his bank account, in wherever the dunya will be, but the dunya is not in his heart. And his heart is not in the dunya. His heart, his heart is for Allah Ta'ala. There's no harm in earning the dunya in a halal way. But when the dunya comes into the heart, that is a problem. Mawlana Rumi gives the example and he explains it in a beautiful way that this heart and this insan basically, this dunya, this dunya is like the water of the ocean. This person and his heart is like the ship on that ocean. So that ship can't sail without that water. It needs that water to sail. It won't sail on dry land. But that same water which is vital for it to sail, if that water starts filling into the ship, then it will sink it. That same water which was the means of it moving towards wherever it needed to go to and towards its benefits, that same water will become its destruction if it comes inside. So that water must stay where it is, it must stay outside. Then it will become a means of benefit. But if that water starts coming into that ship, then he'll sink it. And unfortunately, when dunya comes into the heart, that a person even outside the masjid, inside the masjid, whether he's in salah, his heart is engaged in dunya. Then this person now has brought dunya into his heart, he's brought the water into the ship. This is a dangerous thing. So, the mu'min, his heart is attached to these ibadats. Hazrat Muhammad, on one occasion, it was the 8th or the 9th of Zulhijjah and somebody offered him some itar. So the person took out some itar, which is a normal thing that somebody has some itar, he'll share it, sunnah to apply itar. So because it's, somebody offered it to him, it was a hadiyah, to use some, and it's something not to be refused, somebody put some little itar to accept it. So he accepted it, but he started tearing at the same time. And he said, Aaj ushaq isse mahroom hai. Aaj ushaq isse mahroom hai. Now immediately, his mind was already reverted to the Hajj. He was sitting in India, but his heart was in Makkah Mukarrama, or his heart was in Arafat, wherever it was the ninth of Zulhijjah perhaps. And he's saying, today the lovers of Allah Ta'ala without itar. He was referring to the Hujjaj who are in Ihram. And in the state of Ihram, it's not permissible to apply itar. So his heart, he was sitting outwardly like he had nothing in his heart and mind. He was far away from everywhere. But his heart was there. He was where he was, but his heart was there. So this is what we learn from this, that our hearts must be attached to this. We are making dua for the hujjaj also. Allah Ta'ala accept their hajj. Make it a means of great uh, rahmat and blessings for them, for their families, for the entire ummah. And all the other things that we get a share in the ibadat. So our heart should be attached to this. Then the other aspect is the qurbani. The qurbani, alhamdulillah, every year this opportunity comes. Many of us would make the qurbani, not even just make the qurbani, make many, slaughter many animals for qurbani. But again, just as when the month of Ramadan comes, in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, رُبَّ صَائِمٍ لَيْسَ لَهُ مِن صِيَامِهِ إِلَّا الْجُوعِ 
many a fasting person all he gets is hunger many a person standing at night in ibadat all he gets is sleeplessness either that niyat is not correct or something else that he is now fasting also but he hasn't stopped his backbiting he's fasting also but his eyes are still not in control he's still looking at haram he's still listening to haram so he got hunger what else he got so just as sometimes a person fasts and he gets only hunger Many a times a person performs qurbani and all he gets is meat. That's all. And that meat gets stocked up in the freezer for the whole year also. And sometimes the following qurbani is having last year's qurbani meat also. So all he got was meat. Whereas qurbani is something which is a great ibadat. It is an ibadat of a very great caliber. This was an ibadat that was performed by all the anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. In any case, the qurbani that we perform, this is specifically the qurbani that has come down from Ibrahim The incidents of Ibrahim and everything that went along with it, we are well aware of, we've heard repeatedly. But the spirit of this qurbani, that it is not just a slaughtering of an animal. It is not something that was done just in order to feed some poor people. As many, many things are nowadays, there's ideologies that people keep injecting which are totally baseless and try to dis- confuse people therefore we should be careful about what we read who we listen to all kinds of new things now qurbani also people will project it as billah, waste of money and waste of resources and if that money which was spent on slaughtering animals if all that could have been spent on this that and the other that would have been so much better the issue is that what Nabi Wasallam has given us as an ibadat, that will be the benefit and the reward of that will only be achieved in that manner. If a person decides that uh, instead of fasting, I'll perform extra salah, that ibadat of fasting cannot be fulfilled with salah. A person says, well, fasting is a bit uh, difficult for me, so I'll go for one extra umrah, I'll make an extra hajj. Hajj is Hajj and fasting is fasting. Qurbani is Qurbani. Nabi Islam says that on the day of Eid al-Adha, there is no action more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the causing of the blood of the animal to be spilled. Min ihraqid dam. Nabi Islam on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada, when he made Qurbani, this was not just the aspect of the dame shukr that a haji performs, because that is one animal. Nabi made qurbani of a hundred camels. Of that hundred camels, 63 he slaughtered himself. That was his total age, that he lived in this dunya as well. And the rest of those camels, Ali slaughtered on his behalf. But hundred camels, so hundred camels, all those people gathered there who couldn't have eaten hundred camels. It was obviously then distributed, whoever, whatever, in whichever way it was distributed. But the point is that this was a great ibadat. And on this day, there is no ibadat greater in the sight of Allah Ta'ala than slaughtering animals in the name of Allah Ta'ala. So, this is something which has a certain spirit in it. And that spirit Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif. وَلَا وَلَا مِنْكُمْ 
that it is not the flesh or the blood of the animal that reaches Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of all these things. It is the taqwa of the heart that reaches Allah Ta'ala. With what spirit was this qurbani made? And what spirit has been infused in the person from this qurbani? With what spirit it was made? And what spirit it brought alive in the person? After all, this qurbani has a whole history to it. A history which we are well aware of. Ibrahim in that advanced age is now being blessed with this son. After so many du'as, Rabbi habli minas salihin. And now this child comes and this child then grows and that too after the child is born he is made to separate from the child. Go and leave this wife and child in this barren place. And now go away. So there's so many things to learn from this but time is limited. In any case, he does this and then he goes away and now when he comes back after a long time and this child has grown, now he's been given the command, slaughter this child. So now what is the lesson in all this? This qurbani that we are made to perform is the enactment of this qurbani of Ibrahim The sacrifice. And what is the sacrifice? That he is being asked to sacrifice in the name of Allah Ta'ala whatever Allah Ta'ala commands. Allah Ta'ala has commanded now slaughter the son, go ahead and slaughter him. So now what is it? Now is the moment to now submit oneself. Jaan de di maine unke naam par Ishq ne socha na kuch anjaam par Shaykh Hazrat Mawa Shah Ki Mawad Akhtar His couplet that he expresses in this that a true love of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala somebody who is one who has submitted himself to Allah Ta'ala like the example of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam when that call comes Jaan de di maine unke naam par My life I've given in Allah Ta'ala's name and because there's love within, ishq ne socha na kuch anjaam par, this ishq and this love for Allah Ta'ala, it doesn't think about the consequences of giving one's life for Allah Ta'ala. It first dies, and then worries about it later. Allah Ta'ala's command, that must happen. Nothing must come in the way of Allah Ta'ala's command. Now that is the lesson that we have to infuse within ourselves. That is not just the putting of a knife on the throat of an animal. But it is putting a knife on all our haram desires. It's infusing the spirit of sacrifice, of wealth, of time, of health, of life for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's command that now you do this, we're ready for it. And if you look at our deen, everything is there to test this love. Our five salah also is testing this love. It could have been that the command should have been Perform your five salah at the beginning of the day, then chutti, the whole day you're gone, do what you want. Or come at the end of the day and perform all five salah. But no, it won't work like that. You'll have to perform fajr in fajr time. And if the sun has started rising, then you're too late. So now the person has gone to sleep, it's a summer's night, and fajr is early. And now he's in the deep sleep. And the time has come for fajr. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala falah. Now he is being asked, what are you going to do? Now that's the time to say, Jaan de di unke naam par. I've now thrown my sleep away and I'm ready to answer the call of Allah wa ta'ala. At Zuhar time, he's in the midst of all his business, his occupation, the till is ringing, everything is happening. 
But the call has come. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala falah. Drop everything. Reaffirm your commitment that Allah first. Drop everything and prove your love for Allah Ta'ala. He's barely gone back and now Asr has come. And now sometimes he's even more busy at that time. Drop everything and come back for Asr Salah. Now he's finished off everything and he's come home. He barely stepped into his house. Stop right there and come back for Maghrib Salah. Now he wants to... It's probably again summer because it's summer, Isha is late. And we still have it easy here. In some countries, in summer, Isha is at 11 o'clock. Half past 11. So no, you don't go to sleep yet. You don't go to bed. You still wait. You still prove your love for Allah Ta'ala. Perform your Isha and then go to bed. So everything is about this love. And a person has really infused this love within him. Then everything is for Allah Ta'ala. Then his life, his health, his wealth, his time, everything is for Allah Ta'ala. And he'll enjoy the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala within what Allah Ta'ala has made permissible for him. Within those boundaries. So this Qurbani is not just something that we slaughter an animal and in that process also break so many commands of Allah Ta'ala. It is beyond that. Then just to terminate on one hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam regarding Qurbani itself. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that ihsana ala kulli shayin. Allah Ta'ala has ordained kindness for everything. Allah Ta'ala has ordained kindness for everything. So therefore, إِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَى وَإِذَا ذَبَحْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الزِّبْحَى وَلْيُحِدَّ أَحَدُكُمْ شَفْرَتَهَا وَلْيُرِحْ ذَبِيحَتَهَا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The crux of it, that now if you're going to be slaughtering, then slaughter in a kind manner, in a proper way. Because, Allah Ta'ala has ordained kindness for that animal also. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam expands this. Expands it by giving some guidelines that look, be careful about these things. Ensure that your knife is sharpened. Why? So that it doesn't cause undue pain. There's some degree of pain which is inevitable. Allah Ta'ala has made that animal halal, provided the slaughter in his name. In the correct way. So there is some degree of pain, it has life in it. But so that there is no undue pain. And comfort that animal. Comfort it, give it some water before you slaughter it. Make it lie in a dignified manner. Don't just drop it and throw it down onto the ground. One person was dragging one animal by its ear. Nabi Salaam forbade him, don't do this. One person was dragging that animal by its hind leg. And he's just dragging it. Nabi Salaam said, stop this, this is not the way. Take it to its death in a dignified manner. And then the various guidelines. Don't slaughter one animal in front of another. Now what is all this for? That same first statement. Allah Ta'ala has ordained ihsan. Kindness for everything. Now what is then being specifically spoken about? This animal that is going to be slaughtered. It has life. After all it's an animal. But it has life. So it has also some rights. And Allah Ta'ala has ordained kindness even for that animal, that hayawan, that janwar as we call it. But this kindness ordained for that hayawan also. So if this kindness ordained for that hayawan, what about insan? If this kindness and so many rules and so many guidelines and so many things to take care of, so that that hayawan is not given any undue difficulty. What about insan? 
And then if that insan is a mu'min, and if that, that mu'min is a relative, or he's a neighbor, and as the circle gets closer, it might be one's brother or sister, and then it might be one's spouse, it might be one's parents. Now if there is ihsan and kindness that is ordained for one hayawan, for an animal, then what degree of ihsan and kindness is required for insan? And then as the circle gets closer for our own kit and kin, for our own parents. Unfortunately, as one person wrote somewhere, he was talking about Western society, Allah forbid, to the extent that we are aping Western society, this is becoming the case of our society as well. That he said that now the time has come. Previously there was a time when people respected, loved their parents and they cared for their pets. They loved their parents and they cared for their pets. Now people love their pets and tolerate their parents. They love their pets and tolerate their parents. This is the whole upside down world that has become. Because of that the whole focus of life has gone into something else. Material has become the deity. So when materialism has taken over, then everything is seen in material value. Now this, what is the purpose of life and this person can provide no benefit to me. So when there's ihsan ordained for even that animal, how much more is this necessary that this ihsan must be shown to insan and every insan for that matter, no matter who he may be, where he may be, some degree of kindness that we can show for everybody. And the least is that we can make dua for him. And in whichever the way we can express that kindness for our Muslim brothers throughout the world, whatever their conditions are, and what their suffering is, this should be moving us. The least that we can do, which everybody can do, is making dua for them. And over and above that, whatever else we can do. So this, these are the lessons that we learn from these ibadats, from this qurbani, from this hajj. And especially just to very quickly recap that these 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah, the rewards and merits of it that Nabi Salaam mentioned, that there is no action performed at any other time of the year which can match the reward of the actions performed in this time. Every day's fast equivalent to the fast of one year. Each night's ibadat equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. We can't stay awake, awake the whole night after Isha Salah 15 minutes. We go and make some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, some zikr, some tasbih, some dua. 15-20 minutes. We get the tawfiq, we wake up early in the morning, the hajjur time or sometime before Fajr. So that to the very least is we perform our Isha and Fajr with, with Jama'ah. We perform our Isha and Fajr with Jama'ah, that too is ibadat of the whole night's sawab that a person gets. So these are some of the things we should try and do as much as we can. And also, may Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of taking these lessons of these great ibadats. Allah Ta'ala bless us all. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil It's reported in the hadith a person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this recitation, he'll get the tawfiq of righteous actions and to stay away from sin, which will become the means of gaining this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So this is a means of just encouraging us. This is something we should be doing daily in our own time and in our privacy that we daily make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. لا 
دل میں راہ ہو جائے ایک میدان ہوں تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار نامہ سیاہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخشتے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 
Allah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu Tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayka anta kama athnayta ala nafsik Jazallahu anna nabiyyana Muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu Rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam takhfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واخف لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله ومسمسف الله وسكين وغريشس الله يا الله فقف أول ومهجي مين سنز يا الله Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us your complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower down your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove the suffering and the hardship of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of being obedient to you every moment of our life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the true ishq and muhabbat for yourself, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the ishq and muhabbat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the true love of deen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the love of making an effort for deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept us and our progenies for the effort of your Mubarak deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, the Mubarak days that are coming, Ya Allah. And in these Mubarak days, Ya Allah, Allah enable us to exert ourselves in your obedience and remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us a tawfiq of more amal, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from becoming deprived, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all sin, Ya Allah. Allah, especially in these Mubarak days, Ya Allah. Allah, protect us from, Ya Allah, committing any haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make it a means of us becoming safe from haram forever, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of Ya Allah, performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to recite the Quran Sharif every day of our life, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to remember you daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make our mu'amalat perfect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen,
alamin, ya Allah, grant us the mu'asharat and the social life that Nabi Islam taught, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, grant us your rada and pleasure, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become pleased with us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, all those who are in any difficulties and hardships, remove their difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, whatever pious aspirations each one has, ya Allah, grant it, ya Allah. Whatever each one's needs are, ya Allah, you fulfill the needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, all those who have passed away from their qabrs with nur, ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Grant them jannatul firdaus, ya Allah. Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Take us on iman kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbatan nasuh, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabrs gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us shifat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us your ma'rifat and recognition, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, enable us to do every amal with your ma'rifat and recognition, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, let us fulfill every ibadat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, especially the ibadat of qurbani and all the ibadat that are coming, ya Allah. Ya Allah, with your complete ma'rifat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a true spirit of qurbani, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have gone for hajj, ya Allah, accept, make their hajj easy for them, ya Allah. Accept it, ya Allah. Grant each one a hajj maqbool, mabroor, ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable them to come back with the nur of the Mubarak places, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, make it a means of enlightenment for, of every place, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, make it a means of the best change coming in each person, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of ya Allah. Ya Allah, all that pleases you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from everything that displeases you, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for. Ya Allah, we also are begging for all that good, ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Sallallahu sought refuge from, ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anda al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alim al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi jma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil